We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? Coming in hot. Day after election day. It's like tabulation day. I don't know. Does today have a day? Are we naming today? Tums? I need an acid day? I don't really know what's going on here. Very stressed out. Alcohol. Um, hi, I'm Jimmy McKay. This is PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists and physical therapist assistants from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of phil- uh, physical therapy. I almost said Philadelphia. I'm not in Philadelphia. I don't know why I said that. Uh, I'm Jimmy McKay. I'll be your host uh, tonight. Got a great show for you uh, lined up. We're going to dig into some stuff that you should be paying attention about, whether you're an adult or physical therapist. This is like just general knowledge you should have and things you should pay attention to. Uh, they say the best conversations happen at happy hour, so welcome to ours. We are broadcasted live from the Arius Medical Studios. Welcome. New addition to the studio. Bonus points if you can comment on whose... Don't Google it. That's just, it's. I hate Google sometimes. Whose uh, song lyric that is, but I, I wanted to put it on the wall there because I think it's a great reminder. Uh, the nobody wins unless everybody wins for the podcast audience. Uh, something new for the show. Subscribe uh, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, video casting, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. On the socials, at PT Pintcast. On the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, and whatever the cool kids are calling it these days. Uh, we do want to say... A big conference. I'm presenting. I know. Someone is letting me present at a a regional conference. So Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island came together. The uh, APTA chapters of those states came together. New England Regional Conference. That is this Saturday. I'll be presenting in the conference. You got to pay to get that one. They put us in the back. Uh, But Lisa Van Hoos is going to be doing the keynote. And that one is actually available for everybody to view we are going to be broadcasting lisa van hoos so uh we'll drop the link in the comments below for you guys to get your uh, your tickets or whatever they call it for the new england regional conference you get in again the conference live this saturday but you have access through the rest of a year for that new england regional conference so dig into that if you want to learn some stuff from your couch i don't know if you want to learn about the 12 commandments of communication that's what I, that's what my my course is uh, is called unless i think of some more commandments before saturday rolls around which is completely possible uh, let's bring in our first guest. Can we do that? Yeah, let's talk about this guy. Uh, Will is a physical therapist turned financial advisor. That's almost as weird as a radio DJ uh, coming from a PT. Uh, Will's on a mission to change healthcare by improving the lives of clinicians through financial education and planning. Welcome in the in the show, Will Butler. <sighs> there he is. I don't know why I did the lip bite. That's like uh, you know what it is. It's because it's virtual and stuff, and I have the <sighs> people feel like they need to come in, but it's also like it's virtual, so we don't feel that hype. I'm hype. Yeah, I think that was me trying to like calm myself. Maybe yeah. that's what that was. I think a lot of people are trying to do some self soothing, self soothing day, mm. especially tonight. I'm doing that. I'm uh, a insulated cup. Well, uh, first question is always the hardest. Will Butler, what are we drinking tonight? A uh, little little scotch, little Balavini Caribbean cask. I don't wow. know what those words mean. Can I see that? Good. That's a real, you know, it's good when it's a fancy bottle. Wow. That scotch is heavy. My dad drinks that. I can't. It's like, it burns me. So what I've found is the reason that I drink it is it slows me down. That's smart too. That's yeah. smart. It just feel, it, it, it feels like my mouth's on fire. Yeah. I would say, and I think that this one, it calms down just a little bit. I think that's the, the Caribbean or the Caribbean I don't know tomato, do tomato. I think that's what kind of, I think that's a little bit of Ireland, a little bit of Scotland, 
It's kind of mellows you out just a little, but it did is you, warm. Did you put anything in it? I was going to say ice or water. No, I got, well, I got an, I got a cube in it. All right. Like we got it on a rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to feel funny showing you what I, I'm drinking a, a bullet old fashioned, but I don't know if you can see it. Big gigantic ice cube. That, that's Most exactly rock. what I have, but I uh, was an idiot and used, well, maybe not an idiot, but I opted for that, uh, that little bit of insulation. So that cube would last a little longer. Smart. It's smart. Oh. All right. Uh, your intro is cool. I I've known you for some time now. I'm glad to have you on the show finally. I think the last time we saw each other in person was probably uh, New Orleans, CSM New Orleans. No, we saw each other in Denver. Oh, shoot. Denver feels like Denver feels like longer ago than New Orleans. Uh, that's absolutely 100% true because Denver was in March uh, several years ago. 20, yeah. Uh, anything that 2020 just uh, hasn't stopped and it won't stop. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. Please stop. Is yeah. what I was met on that. Um, do you remember what we were doing that night in New Orleans? Um, yeah, that night, I was setting up for an event. It was with uh, you. Were, yeah, you were setting up for an event. You you would uh, leverage your connections and your ability to get a crowd together. And the Saints were yeah, we were a doing, Saints player and do a fundraiser. We're doing it with uh, with Steve Gleason. That was fun. More coming with possibly. I'm a, this is a complete radio tease. More coming from Steve Gleason and his team related to this show in the future that I'm excited about. All right. So first round brought to you by our friends from Owens Recovery Science, uh, single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training uh, and the equipment that you need to apply it properly in clinical practice. Uh, find them online, owensrecoveryscience.com. And those guys jumped on the old podcast bandwagon. Johnny Owens grabbing the mic, talking like, think about that. Like, like their whole podcast is based on BFR. So they completely geek out on that stuff. But he's the guy. Like he's the guy in BFR, uh, Project Eleven from ESPN. He was on that, and he's he's the guy. So check it out again. OwensRecoveryScience.com. In your intro, I, I sort of mentioned like this weird background, so I got to like nod to it. So physical therapist turned financial advisor on a mission to change healthcare by improving the lives of clinicians through financial education and planning. Like how did that happen for the for the, for the audience? Well, well, how did it happen? Well, first thing I need to do is edit that. That got a little bit uh, was a little bit wordier than I would have oh, wanted to. But I think what what really drove me there is more points of frustration. Like uh, I thought that maybe everything I was supposed to learn took place in grad school, and I got out into clinical practice, and I was like, cool, I can help other people, but I have no idea how to help myself. Right. And um, like a like a boil like a boiling pot, I started to spout off to uh, a friend of mine. And he told me to uh, quit whining, uh, to do something about it, and then said, hey, by the way, I'm a financial advisor, and you should have been asking me these questions. And I was like, well, maybe that makes you a bad friend for not volunteering that information. So so before you were before you were in PT school, you had no financial advisor background, right? No. Okay. So no, you were actually, actually, that's interesting. Actually, that's uh, I pushed as far away as I could from business and money-related stuff because like... You know, I lost my father unexpectedly, and there's a tremendous financial down out, uh, fallout from that uh, to the point where it like pushed me away from. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go help people. I'm gonna get away from business. I'm gonna get away from money." And um, well, you get in physical therapy and you realize it's a lot about the money, right? It's about business, about people, about doing all those connections. You can't have one without the other. Like sometimes we look at it like, "Well, money's bad." Well, money's a means to an end, right? I mean, money's without getting paid. I can't buy cornflakes. I can't pay for my rent. I can't pay for the rent on the clinic. Well, and that's also the way that they've driven up uh, tuition costs and why we haven't started wow. squeaking until all of a sudden loans started hitting is because we just said, I just want a license and I want to be able to help people. And then, um, yeah, and, and then now people are starting to wake up, right? You've got 
great services. You've got other people, right? You've got um, Joe Rinky with Fitbucks doing a lot of a lot of great stuff. You've got other people. You've got all these like business. Um, you've got all these business groups that are helping people talk about the money of running a business. And now we're starting to realize, you know, reimbursement. We're not just. I think too long we just sort of sat in the canoe and drifted down the lazy river, yeah. hoping that it got us to where we wanted to go. Something yeah. will happen. All right. So you're in PT school or just after PT school when this whole like, hey, man, like I should know something about this hits you. Well, the joke was in PT school, anytime something about business was brought up, my class would roll their eyes and turn to me um, because I'd always was like, oh, I want to own a practice. I want to do those types of things. And um, and then I got out into clinical practice. And once the sweat and the tears of being a fresh clinician started to dry up, then I started to like get a moment or two to breathe. And I started to worry about like student loans. Like oh. how do I save for something when I give all my money to, you know, Sally Mae and those types of things. Write that check. And like on mine, I go through like Navy and it's like predicted to be paid off at this rate by, and it doesn't even look like a year. Cause there's just so many large numbers. Yeah. Well, and it's just like a lot of times they switch mine to the emoji of like a tombstone. Cause they're just like, Hey, <laughs> you might that was bad but we try it we lob those up there but the the, the point is is like it really is and, and you don't realize that as you're going through the maze and just no. trying to make it through grad school you show up you get a syllabus you pass the course you take a course you pass the you get your license you get into practice and then you're like now what? and then what happens is is everything i talk about in in the others say man why did i not learn about this yeah years before so you're saying listen Find, there's health literacy, right? We talk about our patients and the community being health literate, like understand these things. And we rail on that, but maybe we need to be doing a little bit of this finger pointing at ourselves saying, hey, there's financial literacy. So uh, recently what spurred me saying, hey, Will, come on the show finally was you had like an Instagram story online. You know, what'd you post? Why'd you post it? And how was it relevant to, to physical therapy? Like clue, clue the audience in. Yeah, well, I, um, I, I've been having a number of conversations lately with clinicians who had been who had graduated and passed licensing but were waiting around for jobs because of covid stuffs well then all of a sudden at once there were a bunch of them uh getting on my schedule and we we're having similar conversations and a lot of what we were talking about were um their benefits and they're just glaring gaps and specifically what i was posting about was disability insurance right which the thing about disability insurance is like, I think they name it wrong because you hear disability and you think, well, I'm a physical therapist, so I'll never end up disabled. I'll handle it if it comes up. I can handle that one. Yeah, but I mean, but what's also interesting is people always talk about like dentists insuring their hands. Why are PTs not thinking about insuring their bodies? And they think that it's something special, but that's what it is, is it's disability insurance. You know, and I think that that's, I think it's critical and I think we are oftentimes so naive. I mean, our entire profession is based on people being busted up. Correct. So Correct. why would we never think that it would happen to us? And so like what I noticed is a lot of people, at least, and I was very similar, is that here you get a professional job and you have benefits. So now that you have benefits, oh, I'm taken care of. And I think because it's a new world and it's a new knowledge, we don't spend time looking into it. Right. Because again, I think you're right. I think the psychology of it is, and for a lot of a lot of kids, I call them kids because I was a second career student, but like you go to 10th grade, you go to 11th grade, you go to 12th grade, then you go to you know college, one, two, three, four, and then you just keep going. And there's always a thing to do and you just keep passing that thing. Hurdle, pass it. Hurdle, and good good on people who can do that. Hurdle, pass it. Hurdle, pass it. And then eventually you get the, where you're going. You get to the destination. You're like, okay, am I fully equipped to do this? Have I not have I have I have I been educated on everything I need everything I need to know? 
well, we're, we're highlighting areas where you're not. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the thing is, is like everything comes to this point, right. And it hits this vector and it just so happens to be when you graduate and you get out of school. And, and then next thing you know, the, the, the first person you blame is the last person you saw. And the last person you saw was your university. And I really don't think it's a grad school's responsibility and obligation to teach adults how to be adults and how to do adulting. Grad school is, hey, I want to be a little bit more specialized and I want to serve in a little bit of a different way. That's what they should be teaching you. They shouldn't be there to teach you about your debt management. They shouldn't be teaching you about benefits. That's all stuff you should have learned in junior high. You know, that's when you should have learned that stuff in seventh, eighth grade. But now you're in grade 18, 19 or right. however, if we were to continue on with those numbers. Um, and, and now people start to resent their programs. They start yeah. to resent career choices. And it's like, and then there's the other party who's just ultra, ultra opinionated about it, who said, well, you should have known about it. I got a book and I read about it. And like, that's great. Awesome on where you fall in the bell curve. That's great that you're two, three standard deviations from the mean. But for the rest of us, um, where do we start? Yeah. And I think, and I think the big thing is, is because the, there's such a high demand for your dollar out of school it needs to go to debt, it needs to go towards saving for homes. It needs to prepare for weddings. Cause that's what a lot of people are doing is life transitions. Some people have parent care responsibilities. Hey, I've got to live. I've got to exist. I've got to have life experiences. And they don't think about threats to that income. Now I think people are a lot more considerate of it now, now that they've seen, you know, some unseen thing this virus shows up and puts everybody out of work and they're like wow drops hmm. a bomb i, I want to go back to that line because that's going to be one of the quotes we use to, pro to promote this episode which is um the first person we blame is the last person we saw did i get that right or the last yeah person we saw is the first person we blame that's really i remember going through pt school and again second career student but it was so confusing to me to hear my some of my classmates doing that like railing on the program and i'm going like but where were they supposed to put that? That's not because you could then you could make that argument about everything. We should know more about business. We should know more about communicating. We should know more about psychology. Yeah. Where would you put those things? We'd be in school for seven years. Yeah. And then we would be um, and then we'd be mad because we'd still be getting paid like PTs. Right. Uh. Wow. All right. Will Butler on the show, uh, physical therapist turned financial advisor. Uh, what do you remember what was in that Instagram story? Because that's the nature of stories. Remember like DMing you and being like, Come on the show, talk about this. Yeah. And then I and then my next thought was like, well, Jimmy's really popular and he's got a lot going on. I'm wondering if this is even Jimmy responding to me. Yeah, I answer my <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I remember what I was talking about is is it like I think people need to triage their benefits and and especially the disability benefit more than anything, because the purpose of any insurance is because the cost to replace is more than you can afford. And the fact is, is like there's a lot of data that people end up disabled. And so that's why you see some other data. I'm going to veer just a little bit from the disability. Yeah. And that's the reason you see a lot of the advice of having three to six month emergency fund. Right. Because a lot of times that aligns with long-term disability benefits. And traditionally, those you have the capacity where, all right, not everybody has a short-term disability benefit. Well, if you don't have a short-term disability benefit, which let's say that's anything where you can't work from zero to three months, zero to 90 days. Okay, that's well within our capacity to save. Like you can save for that expense. You can run your budget, multiply your expenses, add a little bit of a buffer. You can defer loans. Like there's stuff you can do in that short gap. Well, what if it's something significant? What if it's uh, what if you're out six months? What if you're out nine months? What if you're out uh, indefinitely? What if you're out two years? What if it's? I mean, I saw somebody who 
Uh, I was talking to a, uh, a client who they were treating patients who spontaneously developed uh, Guillain-Barre secondary to COVID. What's wow. a PT? What's a PT going to do with Guillain-Barre if they're in an outpatient therapist or they're in a hospital? Wow, good point. I mean, what are you going to do? And so this is where you have these these gaps and you fill these gaps, and then how long does that last? I don't know. And so. Sure, you can save. It's practical to save for an event that might last three to six months. But anything outside of that, you better insure your ass because, you know, three months is an inconvenience. Nine months, 12 months, 12 years. That's a radical shift in your lifestyle. And so yeah. what happens is, is people look and they say, oh, I have disability benefits. And what they fail to understand is, are they paying for it? Because if they're paying for it, they being the PT, then it's a tax-free benefit. That's great. A tax-free dollar stretches a little further. But if their employer is providing it, that's now all of a sudden receiving that tax. So now you have this further income disparity. And then how much are they covering? I don't know. Are they going to cover you for a year? Are they going to cover you for five years? Are they going to cover you till the age of 60? Uh, you don't You don't know. You need to understand that so you know what kind of liability and risk you have out there. This stuff gets really... I mean, I was lit, not even on purpose preparing for this episode today, but I was talking to my HR professional at Fox Rehabilitation, Danielle Katz. She's great. Um, and she was walking me through this and she's like, well, you know this. And I was like, Danielle, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't fully understand. I know the words that are coming out of your mouth, but in context, and she's like, well, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, honestly, Danielle, I'm, I didn't do that because I didn't know any better. Yeah. But, and, and super terribly nice. And she was like, let me walk you through it. And for the next 20 minutes, I understood everything because she put it in context and was able to make me understand things that I needed to understand. But that that required me, number one, saying, uh, I'm, I'm inadequate at understanding this. Can you please help me? Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I mean, uh, like I said, you can live on a little for a little period of time. But if that extends, that's a problem. And so like if you have a significant gap within your policies from work, then what do you have to do? You have to exercise some autonomy. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, um, am, I, am I in a dual income home? Okay, then maybe I don't need to supplement. Maybe 60% is better than nothing. Am I alone? Do I, does everybody depend on it? Am I a single parent? Like, Do I need 100% of my income? Well, if that's the case, 60 is not going to cut it and you can't magically stretch it. And so that's a lot of times where you'll go out and you'll work with a financial professional or you can hop onto websites that can help you. The downside of a website is if you get into the gray and you don't understand it. You're guessing. Yeah. And, and, and they don't they don't really... Uh, algorithms generally aren't designed for you to make the best decision for your situation. They're to help you make a better decision than if you were to try to make it on your own. Right. And so that's a lot of times what a lot of my conversations now turn to. And I would say that I have absolutely have like a risk mitigating bias, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that when my dad passed away, there was nothing in place that should have been in place. And it was, and it was a balance of ignorance and incomplete planning. And the ripple effects are still felt today, 20 years later. Wow. Like a simple conversation with the right kind of person or asking the kinds of questions that you did today can avoid a significant hardship. Yes. That that's that's not you know that's in in not so many words what Danielle was saying. Hey, if you do this now and you keep this up and uh, and looking at your picture, it really wouldn't be that hard for you to change this little thing. Um, 10, 20 years from now, you're really going to appreciate that. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, exactly. And I think the the thing the reason people don't like talking about insurance is it's not sexy. It's yeah. 
but it's the same reason why people don't spend a lot of time talking about the offensive line of like a football team. It's like you do when they fail, but not when they succeed. And I think a lot of times that's the, the best defense for us as clinicians is to have the right kinds of insurances, right? People want to talk about malpractice, but people don't want to talk about the greater likelihood of what if I can't work. That's a good point. Yeah, we focus a lot on like the 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 hipsos of the uh, of the profession, right? We see their logos everywhere, and that that's important. Like I, I've done an interview on practice insurance, right? Malpractice or site like cyber attacks. Like if your clinic and your data gets breached, like dude, you're on the hook. So like yep. there's insurance for that. And as soon as I, that guy said it, I was like. Oh my God, I didn't think about that. But that's what these professionals do. I want to go back for that. I don't want to skip ahead. We as a profession of physical therapists, physical therapist assistants, love to say, I'm a professional in movement. Come see me. Listen, what Will just said, you could go to a blog or an article or a book, but it's going to be a lot of gray and you're going to be better than you would have if you did nothing, right? So we love to say that. If we're in the backyard and we're a PT and our buddies grilling burgers and we're like, hey man, that back curtain, I'm a professional. And the buddy going... I, I read a blog. I, re- I watched the thing online. Mm-hmm. I can do it myself. We get mad. We're like, dude, I'm hurt. Like, I that's my thing. I get paid for this. But flip it around. Now your buddy is a financial planner or a communications professional or a graphic designer. And you're like, ah, I'll just go on Canva and I can knock it out. It's like, <laughs> okay, but you're going to see a difference between what a blog article and a physical therapist can do, a book and a, a financial advisor. Like, respect a profession, a professional's profession. Yeah. And the thing is, is you can always fire the professional. Like if things don't go great or things feel off, get rid of them. It's the same thing you would tell a family member seeing a bad PT. You'd say, if you 100%. don't like them, go somewhere else. 100%. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, it's, um, I just get sensitive about it because, it, because it's, it's just really naive to think, um, well, nothing could ever happen to me. And, and, and you highlight that so perfectly, which is like, if you work in a clinic where people walk in and are being rehabilitated, which is, right, most of us, I'd say outside of what professional athlete, right? But they're get, like, you're in a profession where you're watching people in right. the aftermath of an injury or a disability. And you're right. We are, I'm invincible. Like, how does that happen? Well, and I just remember that was one of the things that pushed me into this is I remember specifically i remember this guy and he's like hey man how long is this gonna take i'm like today's session he says no like this process i said why he says i'm running out of money i need to get back to work i said oh interesting and i think it's in the in the thing is is like the grassroots types of stuff for planning the foundational stuff people don't want to do and don't want to talk about because it's not sexy like And a lot of times they'll call it foundational. And if you think of it literally, maybe as like a house's foundation. I mean, I've never walked into a buddy's house. They get a new property. I'm like, damn, Jimmy, your new house? That is a hell of a foundation. What is that concrete? Three feet thick? That's amazing. How deep's that run? What what, what kind of rebar did they... Like, you don't don't talk talk about it. Talk to me about your leach field. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like, you don't talk about that stuff. Like, hey, why don't you show me the HVAC, right? Like, you don't... You don't get into that types of stuff, but the things that you do appreciate about appreciate about a home and the comforts and the ability to expand and grow and to build upon it, they need to be foundational and they need to have a good foundation. It's very similar to physical therapy as well. Like we are frequently trying to help patients. We paint the picture of the future. Here's where we're going to get you. But oftentimes they're in a state that they don't want to be in and it's boring. It's not fun. It's repetitive. Right. And like we, we need the one to get to the other. And, and so like, I don't know, I think that it's, um, 
PTs are too quick to overlook those types of protections. And maybe and that's what made me post that is I was like, damn, I just talked to like five, 10 people in the last 24 hours about the exact same thing. People need to be auditing and looking at these things. And if they don't understand it, they need to talk to somebody who does. And, and it gets a little bit more specific if you're a healthcare provider. Like when you're auditing these things, you want to make sure that the definitions line up, right? Like an ADL sounds a lot like an IADL, but they're not the same thing. And that's how a lot of these policies work is you got to get into some of the nuance. Yeah. Financialphysio.com. That's uh, that's Will's website, Financial. Well, and Tony Maritato made that for me because he was tired of sending people uh, my email address. And he says, are you going to build that? And I said, um, what? And he says, well, I already built it. And he put a calendar link on there. Not posting articles, but you can get in touch with me through there. I got to get him on the show. He's always putting out just crazy amounts of information. Nonstop. Like Nonstop. A lot. Like a lot. Uh, I actually discovered he lives down the road from me. He and I hang out. Where's that? Where do you, where are you? So I'm in Ohio. I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, and nice. he lives just north of Cincinnati, Ohio. So he's about 25 minutes from me. But it's uh, he posted, speaking of content, he posted, I think, a Boy Scout outing for his son. And I saw like the, the geo tag on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, are you talking about this place in Ohio? And he said, yeah. Why? Do you know it? And I said, yeah, it's 15 minutes away from me. Wow. It's literally a small world. Small profession, man. We'll get him on the show. Put in a good word for us. I will. I'm excited to do it. His Um, his setup will be better than mine. What? Like all like equipment? Because he's got all, he's like a very heavy video guy. Yes. You've seen his stuff. If you're listening or watching, you've seen it, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And as soon as you see him, I didn't know how to pronounce his name. I would not have pronounced it. It's Meritado. Mm Mm-hmm. I just know him from seeing his name, which tells you a lot about branding, right? Which is like, I've seen his name so many times. I'm like, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I just don't know if I've, I, I would have pronounced it right. We got to get him on the show. Super smart okay. dude. Yeah, I'll tell him. I'll tell right. him to uh, send you a DM. Send me a DM. That's the way to get my attention. <laughs> or you send, me, you send me a text message. Like, I've been doing that too. Like, like I, I dare people to do it. And I've had people be like, that's not your actual phone number, like on the screen. I'm like, dude, like, it is. Like, just do it. You're like, call it right now during the show. I've, I've had people do that, but I've had like interesting text conversations with people I've never would interact. And their first thing is like, is this really you? Or is this like one of those apps that like Gary Vee set up? I was like, no, I found that out later that there is an app that does that. But I was like, oh no, I've already been giving out my actual number. Yeah, no, I saw the same thing too. That's like um, a lot of celebrities do that. And that's the way that they blast out tour dates and right. different up and comings. I tell people, so, tell them to slide into my text messages. Is that yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. For sure. Um, what are like? What are the uh, the the what are supplemental policies? We talk about those. Is that like my short term, long term? Yeah. So we didn't talk about those. That's a great question. So like a lot of times, an employer is from a business owner perspective, they're trying to figure out a way to retain and reward people and to keep them there, being productive. And oftentimes, that's where the benefit package comes in. It's solving for things that people don't want to do on their own. And so when you reference supplemental, a lot of times, what it is is. An employer is rarely, especially for their legal reasons, like uh, I shouldn't say, I should say policy reasons, not necessarily legal. But what will happen is you'll get these benefit offerings and the employer is figuring out, not always do they think this, but they're they're not like, hey, I want the absolute best. I want to pay the most. They're saying, how much can I get for my dollar? And they're given options. And then a lot of times those are better than nothing. It's like, hey, you have some disability protection, but it's not everything. And so the supplemental policy, what you would do in the situation I talked about earlier, 
very common for an insurance policy through your employer for disability to cover anywhere from 50, 60. Sometimes there's a stretch to 70, but 50 to 60% of your income. And a supplemental would say, how do I cover this gap? And then usually you're able to protect up to about 98, 99% of your income. Wow. And so that would be the supplement is to layer that on top. So this is like a big deal too for new grads. This is a big deal for professionals, you know, seasoned professionals as we call them too. And I was I was looking for a friend who's um, going into nursing and she was like, hey, is this a good salary for my area? Where would I look at that? I was like, I don't know. Like, Let's go to Glassdoor. Yeah. And smartly, it's like, what's your salary? Like that's a big, that's the thing we focus on, right? What's on the bottom line? And then kudos to Glassdoor because they're like, tell us about the benefits. Because that should, that can significantly minimize or yeah. improve that salary. It ain't always just the check. Exactly right. Well, and that's a lot of like in negotiation, um, there might be a hard cap on the salary, but you might be able to get other benefits, right? Like if an employer is like, well, I don't really can't pay you anymore. This is where I start people. You say, well, yeah, well, what if you, you know, they could pay maybe on your student loans. And then it's a deduction to the employer and then you receive that money tax-free chances are that money was going to go to a loan anyway. Right. So that's kind of like a backdoor to get an increased value in your contract. Right. And say this. I mean, it's it's different. We've, we've had people on the show. I think we were talking about this, like Joe Ranke is like, hey, how to negotiate too, which is like, obviously salary is the thing that, that they're going to dangle. That's the shiny object. That's the easiest thing to like measure, right? That's the first down marker. Yeah. How can I move that? But like paid time off or flex days or benefits and all those different things, like... Do you want to you want to wear people down in terms of like get like improving your improving your your package at a, at a, at a facility or job? Um, there's a lot of things you can be negotiating, and you should be negotiating for all of them because they have wiggle room in all these things. So hey, push those dials as high as you can on your side for all of those different things. What about what about an extra five days of vacation? Like, is that a big deal? It is after you start the job, but if you don't, yeah. have, you're getting it. Well, and that's exactly right. Like just asking the worst thing they're going to say is no, we don't do that. But you know, they might be sitting back and asking for it. And I really like what you mentioned about compressing your time. Like, cool. You need, you need 40 hours out of me. How many days, how few days can I stuff that into? Can I do that in three, three and a half days? Awesome. I thought about that at a previous job. Um, they wanted to not give me either not give me a raise or like not give me nearly a raise. I thought I deserved after a promotion. So I think I was like, someone had said something like that. I was like, oh, well, then I'll work four days a week. And they were like, no, no, we need you five days a week. I was like, well, no extra money. I'm giving myself a 20% raise by working 20% less. And they were like, absolutely not. And I was like, well, if you won't negotiate for that, then we need to negotiate for something else because we're not close. Yeah. And it wound up being five days because that felt safe, I'm guessing. But yeah, I got some more money out of it. That was a radio job. And they were yeah. notoriously tight. Well, yeah, notoriously tight. And that's the thing is you got to ask for it. And so like, again, if you don't ask for it, if you don't think about it, you won't know to think you won't know to ask. And so like, I think that's why I think it's so important. Like in, um, you know, I haven't been a financial advisor forever. Right. And in my time as a financial advisor, statistically, the odds are long that you end up disabled. But right. just in my time, I've had a handful of PT clients who have ended up disabled in some capacity. Some of them, it was short. I remember one of them, it was orthopedic and the person had a mobile PT type of a job. It's like, Hey, I can't do this. And they, you know, because their employer didn't give them disability, they purchased it on their own and they were getting a check for, you know, oh. 4,500 bucks a month or something like that. 
which makes ends meet, you know? It's a big yeah. deal. Wait, it's not a big deal until you need it. Then it's like this thing I don't want to talk about, but when you need it, big deal. And then it's too late. Yeah, and then it's too late. Ah, uh, there's no way I cannot reference. Tell me about the dog behind you. Who is that? He's just hanging. He's like that's Tyson. Tyson is just hanging out. What type of dog is Tyson? I, Tyson I, is a mastiff Swiss Mountain Dog mix. Oh, that's that's a small dog, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's little, about 120 pounds. That's a small dog. And he he's a. Uh, I'm I'm surprised you didn't hear him snoring in the it's background. Like, he was on the couch. There's a couch next to me. Like he was it. just sitting there snoring, but yeah. You too. What are like the like what are like the first like two or three questions somebody should ask or should be asking themselves right so, now? So what you should know. So what you should know is you should first of all know do I have disability benefits? Ask and that. then do, do I have long-term disability? Writing this down. And, and short-term disability. And then once you have that, then you have to figure out all right, what are the basics of my short-term disability? When does it start? Is there an elimination period? Are there exclusions? And then those same questions go into the long-term disability conversation. And with the long-term disability, you would need to know, like, how long does this last? Um, like, what's my, like, what, what kind of time period and time frame? Some of them, it's two years. Some of them, it's five. Some's 10. Some will say something like SSNA or Social Security Normal Retirement Age. And so that means it's going to go until you're in your 60s. Like right. you need to know what that means because that's going to tell you, you might think, hey, I have this benefit and then you go to use it and it's right. like, oh, it ran out. Dude, like know your car. Like we, we, this is logical. Like, know your car insurance before you get in an accident, right? Like that's your car. That's a big deal. But like yep. this is you. Yep. And then know exactly right. And then you need to know what the definition of disability is. Valid. So, and the reason for knowing the definition of disability is like some of them will say, they'll call it something like an any occupation disability. So when they go to evaluate you, they're going to say, well, what do you have the capacity to do? And some of these policies, if you're able to be a Walmart greeter, they would classify you as not disabled. Cool. You can sit on a chair and wear, wave at people, but that doesn't mean you can practice as a physical therapist, you right. know? And so knowing those disability definitions, I think is important. And then the other thing that you're going to want to know with clarity is, am I paying for it or is my employer paying for it? And then I think those are important. And the same questions for the short-term disability apply to the long-term disability. And that's what you need to use to audit your benefit first, like how long, how much, et cetera. And then from there, you need to, this is where autonomy comes into play. I heard that word so much in grad school. And I never really quite understood what it meant. But, you know, with the autonomy, say, I want to be in control. I want to drive this car. Well, part of that autonomy is knowing what you need, not just what you want. And so, like, part of the need is if you run your numbers and you say, man, I've got to have at least this much income every month. Well, if you were to get hurt, does that income continue? Oh, what expenses come? could you cut out? Right. And I would call this, this maybe emergency or contingency planning. But again, like you said, I mean, last year, my car got hit by a tornado. Never would have planned on it. Wow. Walk out the front door. I'm like, oh, my car, this is a problem. You know, and, and it doesn't matter. I can't say, well, I better go throw a cover over it. I better roll down the windows so the glass. Right. Like, you know, like you said, uh, when you need it, it's too late. Right. If you don't have it. Can't be thinking about this. You got to know or at least know as much as you can. And then where do I get more of that information? Yep. So some, somebody sets up an appointment with you, right? Yeah. Like, like how involved? What, what, 
how much are you going to be able to like, go through and the things like talk about that? So someone goes to your website, they say, I'm going to talk to Will tomorrow. What what do I need to bring and what am I going to find out when I'm done? Well, if they're wanting help auditing their benefits and if there are deficits, they just need to show up with their benefits and then we're going to talk through those. And if they want it to be even better conversation, they need to have an idea of what their budget looks like. And it doesn't have to be down to the penny, but you need to understand what money's coming in and what money's going out grossly. I got, sure. You're today talking to my HR person and then talking to you today is making me go, this is a thing I've dodged. Cause right. Like we're really I good. Get it. I totally get it. it. Just put it under the bed or the closet or throw it in the garage. Don't well, worry. Well, my relationship with money has been really negative for the most part. And a lot of it had to do with the loss of my dad. You mentioned got to a point where I was like, if he's not okay, so you can be here one day and gone the next day. What's the point in saving money? If I have it, I might as well spend it. Yeah, and that was like the psychology that went into it. Those behaviors are hard to unravel and hard to un unpack. And it's there's always more time. And so, mm -hmm. like, so I totally get it. It's not uncommon. What's really fat, what not fascinating, but I always kind of get a kick when I, out of it when I talk to somebody who's like, "Oh man, I'm so behind." And then I go through their numbers. I'm like, "You're actually a little bit ahead of your peers." And like, no way. And because most people, most people aren't saving the amount of money they need to. Most people have, because you're out there living your life, you're not taking time. Right. I would say if you're spending time thinking about this on a regular basis, you're somewhat of an anomaly. Right. What does that do psychologically? Like when you say to someone, when someone says, I think I'm behind and you go, actually, we just, we just did the math. You're a behind. Like they, like, what does that do to them? Do they just go like, oh my God, have they dropped a weight off their shoulders? Yeah. Them? Sometimes they just, uh, well, especially if somebody's talking about debt and I'm like, oh, you only have $50,000 of loans. They're like, only? I'm like, I'm not here to belittle, but just so you know, average debt. And they go, really? Huh? Well, I don't feel so bad now, you know? And I think it's, uh, every once in a while, we need someone to point out the victory. Yeah. We're real good at like dumping on ourselves and focusing on those negatives. Well, well I mean, what's the profession? I mean, largely, luckily, some of it's getting rewired is, um, what's wrong with this person in front of me? You showed up, you said, hey, I'm having this problem here. My job is to figure out what else is wrong in your ecosystem. Is it something wrong in your head? Is it psychological? Is this environmental? Is this chronic? Is it acute? Is it from this? Is it from that? Like, I'm trying to find problems. I'm trying to find, wow. you know, blemishes in your armor. And so I think we do that to ourselves. And it's, um, yeah, I think just having somebody in your corner, developing networking and having that conversation. Like, I have some relationships where, uh, this is an exaggeration, a bit of hyperbole, but someone will come and basically say, "Will, I don't know. Do I buy toilet paper in bulk or not? You know, and it, it's like, it's hyperbole for sure. But so somebody who gets that specific and feels like they need that much guidance. And I have other people who will send me a message once every few years and say, Hey, I just want to check in, you know? And so there's a spectrum of who and how, and the way that you work with the professional and there are different ways to do that. Yeah. And so what a lot of times people will do is it's almost like trying to find you know, they start window shopping. So instead of having conversations like you and I are now and getting through and kind of uh, peeling the banana, so to speak, to see if it's ripe, like you can't just, why guess? Just have the conversation and right. see, does this fit or does it not? It, 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 it shines a light in the closet where you th assume the boogeyman is. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, and so you're talking about parallels between finance and physical therapy. And, and it, I think it's like, I think of it this way, like you need to move early, you need to move often and you need to move differently. Like that basic formula solves a lot of physical ailment. Yeah. You need to save early, you need to save often and you need to save differently. And so that addresses compounding interest. It addresses 
savings rate, which has far more impact on anything than any kind of actual stock bond, mutual fund, index fund, whatever you put it in. And then people talk about, I need to diversify things. Well, that's talking about the different financial instruments that you can put money into that then impact taxes and all of those things differently. And that's what people come to me and they think that they need. But again, you got to go back to the basics. Love it. You have to go back to the basics before that and say, can I fund those things? Am I capable of saving early? Am I capable of saving often? Am I capable of saving differently? If you don't have a secure income, then you can't do that. You can, but you can't do it as confidently. Right. So, th- I mean, I love hearing basics, right? Because like you and I have like like similar situations, right? Because you're not treating clinically right now, right? Neither have I. I haven't done it in two years. Sometimes I like to think I am. Like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, if I met somebody who, and then I'm yeah. like, no, you're, you're kidding yourself. Will. I was with my buddy the other day. who was opening a clinic in, in my hometown and I'm like, he's he's like, a le- his, it's like watching someone play a sport that you used to play in high school. And you're like, I could do it right now. And then you watch someone who's super good and you're like, I am so far behind. Yeah. But to bring that up is like, you just talked about the basic. I hammer on basics of communications and I see parallels between communicating and PT and you see parallels between um, financial, um, you know, advising and, and the profession and PT. It's like just funny how we're able to like, we learned this in geometry. There's a straight line between any two points, not a lot of them, not most of them. There's a straight line between any two points. And if you're passionate about it, you can draw that line. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think it's, it's, um, going back and talking about the basics, it's like people want to sexy things up before they need to be sexied up. Like, you know, people are trying to figure out how do we, how do we set up the, how do we set up the living room? How do we set up the TV before they've poured the foundation? They've built the, you know, framed out the walls, you know, insulated them, ran the electric. Like there's a lot of ugly, unfun work that if you do it right and you do it first, then you can worry about all the other stuff and you don't have to worry about, Oh, it's raining outside. I hope it doesn't leak through the roof. Yeah, wants and needs, right? We want the wants, but we need the needs. And I think it's because so long people feel like they've deprived themselves. True. But I think it's an issue of perspective. And it's an issue of goals. That's why I really like people like Jared Casaza and running that fifth wheel PT stuff that he does. Because he just says, hey, it was a very high priority to me to be able to make financial decisions, be able to do what I wanted to do and not have money be a limiting factor as soon as possible. Yeah. And so he cut out all the BS and stayed very focused on one thing. You know, I talk to a lot of people who come out and they're like, oh, I need to be able to put X number in, amount into my 401k. What about my IRAs? What about real estate? What about this? What about that? And I'm like, well, how much money are you saving? You know, and like, well, I'm not. Okay, well, then you can't do any of that. Like, we've got a, it's stepwise, right? And it's basics, basics. Why beat yourself up over all this stuff your friends that you think your friends are doing? You need to get yourself in a situation to where you can do that. If you're locked on that too, and I'm, I mean, believe me, I'm as guilty as other people, probably less guilty now than I was at 21, Jimmy McKay. But like Gary V puts it um, the best because he's just really good at boiling stuff down. And he's yeah. like, buying shit you don't need to impress people who don't care. Yeah. It, it, you guilty. nailed it. You nailed it. And it's, and it's like, and in, in, in like one of the things that people talk to me a lot about is, well, someday I want to open up a clinic. That someday that's their way, I think, of hedging against failure and hedging against uh, other obstacles. And I really think that, like, that, like, fresh clinicians, especially, they need to put themselves in a in a situation to where they can fail early and fail often, and then fail forward. And the reason I use the word fail is because it means you're trying, and it might happen, it might not. But like, 
take the chances sooner and you can take more chances sooner if you're in a better position, right? You can. And so what does that mean? It means protect yourself while you can't save a bunch of money. Who cares where you put it? Sit on cash. I'm sure financial people will probably hear this and cringe. And it's like, cool, because you feel like you need to fancy it up. You can always make lump sum contributions to different places if you have the money saved. Jimmy, if you want to buy a car, if you want to buy a house, if you want to invest in a practice, if you want to support a friend, if you want to open up a franchise, if you want to put it in your 401k, if you want to put it into an IRA, if you want to put it into cryptocurrency, if you have the money first, then you can make those decisions. So many people are worried about what do I do with money before they have money. Right. And it's just backwards. And they do the same thing with student loans. Like they make these reflexive judgments of, hey, I need to pay this off as fast as possible. Slow down. Let's figure out the basics first. Yeah. I know a lot of people kicking themselves because they had to get a better interest rate. And in the people with federal loans haven't paid a damn thing this year for the most part because all the, slow down. Do the basics, do the right way. And I think that's why the disability insurance is something that I focused on because that's something that can be critical to your future if your income stops because of something outside of your control. That you could not plan for. That you could not plan for. And likely we're just doing this. I mean, you're just going, it's probably, I, it's, I hope it's not going to happen. Hope's not a plan. Well, you, yeah, you've met Meredith Caston, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meredith wrote that article about PT burnout way long time ago. I think last time I saw it, I had nearly half a million views or reads. It's on PT burnout. That relates strongly to mental health. Mental health can disable you from practicing. Yeah. I have had clients who have been disabled from practice for over a year because of mental health related situations. Wow. Those contracts will pay them if they can't practice. It's not just orthopedic insult. That person calls me up and they say, what do we do? And I say, well, here's what we plan for. And they start getting a paycheck from the insurance company because they planned ahead. And now their difficult situation is a little bit less difficult. It's not solved, but man, having that be able to come in and, and like, that's the thing is you don't pick your disability. Yeah. I mean, I would love it if these PTs sat down and asked their asked these people, the patients sitting in front of them. Uh, so why'd you pick uh, blowing out your knee? Right. You know, it doesn't do work it. that way. Right. I, I got on a little bit of a ramble. I'll pause for a second. Well, you got to say, but also going back to what you just said, which is um, you want to talk about uh, minimizing some stress on someone who's specifically having a mental health issue and you add on top of it financial stress. Do you think that's going to make it easier or harder? to recover from that. Unreal. That, you don't have the money to maybe up, to pay for the professional help that you need. Yeah, exactly right. It, it's it's this. And yeah. what happens in the biggest pushback is well, I don't want to I don't I don't want another bill. That's part of being an adult. Right. Like it's I don't want to put gas in my car but I want to drive somewhere. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh it's bitching about rights but not responsibilities. I want this but I'm not willing to do that. Yeah, and I think that there are ways and this is one of the things that I think would be an important takeaway is that if you're talking with a financial professional, whether it's me or it's somebody else or those types of things, I would ask them if they, you know, I would, I would try to get an understanding of, so I see this price on what you're recommending to me. What are some of the flexibilities and what are the trade-offs if I took maybe a less costly plan? Yeah. Because it's not uncommon for me specifically in dual income homes or maybe we don't get something that has as long of a duration because we have the other income of the other person. But again, like just because somebody says a number that you think, oh, I don't want to pay that, right. doesn't mean that it's not what you should do. It means you yeah. should ask another question. Right. Anytime and things tun tunnel to binary, 
I think it's a great time to ask a question to step back because it's usually more gray. And these are the things you can you can find in an article or a website or a book. But if they're specific to you, you can't ask a book a second. You can't ask a book a follow up question. Which leads me to this: We should have you back on. Would you be up to answer like specific questions? Yeah, like, we can do. We can do some Q and A. Yeah, we can do some Q and A type stuff like that. We'll call it a brewing Q. Do you see what I did there? Ooh, brewing, brewing Q. Q. Like we'll do brewing Q and A. That's what I did. I like that. We can get super. We can do it anonymously, or if people want to jump on, we'll bring people on the screen. Like, like, did you want to ask a question? Like, like, do you want to ask a question right now? I'm talking to producer Juliet. Do you want to answer? Ask a question. Give me a thumbs up if you do. I don't want to embarrass you, but I already called you out. She's like, I don't know from. Do you want? To ask <laughs> I know you already called me out. I was like, okay. Right. Um, no, well, my thing is what you guys were talking about was, um, like people and their situations and not wanting, no, not knowing what to do with their money and then student loans and then being in like having um, mental health issue or mental issues going on. And I was like, this sounds like me over the past four months because mm -hmm. I was a new grad in a poor market, not knowing what was going on. Also um, trying to think about um, how am I going to pay my student loans? And I thought that was going to start in September. Right. Thankfully that's now January and so you're highlighting everything we'll talk about. That's, that's why what I'm saying. So why do you think I'm in the chat over here? Like this is right. <laughs> you gotta know these things, right? Yeah. Guilty as well, which is like, okay, but like how do you find out? You gotta ask. Like, you gotta ask, you gotta ask. And yeah, I'm guilty exactly. of this as well. That's where I think, and you started nodding when I said a QA, like let's do talk radio. Well, yeah, exactly. Because what you guys were doing, I was like, I just have questions just blowing up right now because like here I am thinking, okay, like my student loans are going to start. I feel like since I finally have jobs now that I can finally put it to my student loans, but is there something is there like yeah. So then, like, you. How do I get this balance right now? Because I'm thinking like in my head, okay, I'm finally getting an income right now. Where's the best way to direct that money now? Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, well, a couple of things. I just noticed I need a little bit of backlighting because I blend in with my wall. That's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> no, that's but you have a dog, so that's, that's okay. An ego, that's yeah, that's ego. <laughs> that balances uh, out. No, number, number two, it's uh, it. what's so funny when you ask a patient, what are your goals? Which is not the best way to phrase that question, but a lot of people, therapists just today, thousands of them ask the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what do you get back? Uh, less pain would feel better. Yeah, and you get just like a stare, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like, uh, I just want to not hurt. It's like hard for them to figure out. Right. And then you just start treating them, and then they start saying things like, oh, I noticed I was able to carry groceries with less pain. Ding, so ding, that's ding. something they were trying to get to, but but they didn't know. So bringing this back specifically to what you were talking about is what what do I do? Well, what do you want to do, and what do you need to do? Because if somebody comes to me and they say, I feel obligated to pay my loans and we get to talking and all of a sudden it becomes an important priority. Like, you know, I've got a family member who's having, you know, my grandparents are having their 80th birthday and I would love to do something special for them, you know, but it's going to cost X. I would say, who cares about the loans? Let's not pay those. Let's save up to give that family member that experience. You can do that that's, now. That's more important. And guess what? You're allowed to do that because you're 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 an autonomous clinician an autonomous human you are an adult and so like but people don't know that they have permission to do those things and they feel that they have to do things exactly the way that somebody else did it and then they get to this point and they're like oh man like regularly i have certain people who call me when they see newspaper headlines on student loan stuff and they start to panic and it's like look that's not how this works like it's different you know 
Anyway, Juliet, go ahead. No, what you were saying before was actually a good point. What you're saying was when you ask a patient, oh, what are your goals? What do you, um, what do you want to do? Or why are you here? Sometimes it's how you raise that. It is friendly. Yeah. Um, exactly. I knew you were going to say that. Um, like that they may not understand, right? But um, really asking them like what what is it that you're here for and like what do you want to get back to really making sure that they understand the questions so yeah. when it comes to finances okay like you have this money like what is it that you really need the money for to um, disperse in a way that is going to be beneficial like short term and long term so that you can still you know work hard and play hard with it yeah exactly right and i think it's it's just that it's that uh it's reflecting on your situation and figuring out like what do I want to get out of this? And it's really easy for me on the other side of a microphone, you know, in a fish shirt to sit back and to like say these things. It's like it's a lot different when you're like real time and it's yeah. it's it's uh because there are a lot of times, you know, I'm asking myself the same kinds of questions that I'm asking other people. And then there sometimes are six months pass and I'm like, Well, well, uh, you didn't answer that question for yourself, <laughs> or at least you didn't act in a way that showed that you want the answer. But again, it, especially when it comes down to financial stuff. Like the longer you hold it in your head, that question, the bigger problem it becomes or perceived that perceived problem. Yeah. Get it out and start talking about it. Like, um, especially if people, when I get really sad when people forego things like, uh, starting a practice or trying something challenging, like starting a podcast or doing things like that, because like, Oh, my money has to go somewhere else. Right. And it's like, you're going to have the same failure odds later than as you are today. It's never the right time. Like the perfect time never really shows up, dude. It just doesn't. But like, no one knows that. I know, but like I'm guilty of this too, which is, and I got friends who reach out to me like, when should I start a business? And I'm like, are you super, are you smart enough to deliver something valuable? Yes. Are you really motivated? Yes. Then now, but I don't yeah. have the money. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not lending you money. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm buying in. Um, but it's like, there's never the right, like the perfect time never shows up, dude. Well, let me tell you, you're never going to know that perfect time. Like Jimmy, you didn't know the perfect time for the podcast. You didn't no. know. You're it's still a student. You're still living on student loans when you start the podcast, but you still did it because one, it's an idea. Two, it's a passion. So you, you went through it. I was using student loan money to buy beer for a podcast. That was actually a pretty strategic move. Yeah, that's hey, that's, that's funny. I've used, uh, <laughs> used student loan money for uh less ideal things than that. Less ideal yeah. things. all right so i think we come back and we do like uh talk radio we'll promote the crap out of it in 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 like pre-promote it get some good questions line them up and then either take them live or take some pre-recorded ones we can do it anonymously or we can do it yeah, no we can figure that out all right cool um awesome uh website again is financialphysio.com uh juliet thank you for being brave i will not be brave i just literally threw you on the screen so thank you for allowing me to yeah do that um let's do uh three questions we gotta run you through the the gauntlet of three questions let's do that right now all right Three questions. Sounds like a little fishy in the background, a little funky. Uh, three questions brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing, leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. Check them out at aureusmedical.com. The staff there actually answers a lot of questions too, like around travel physical therapy, like insurance or 401k if you're a travel therapist. Most people will think that stuff doesn't exist. It does. So ask these questions. And that's probably like one of the underlying themes, which is like, uh, you're definitely not going to know unless you ask. 
right? And Googling it isn't necessarily asking. Like there's a big difference between Google and a human. So uh, find out more information about travel physical therapy. Do what you want to do where you want to do it. Setting wise, all settings, all 50 states in D.C., uh, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Go there. First question, Will, for you is a where question. You're in Ohio, but, you know, once everything's safe to travel and everything, where would you want to go for like, you know, three months if you could just do whatever you do somewhere in the 50 U.S.? Where would you want to go? I think I'd like to head up to Alaska. <sighs> yeah. And there's positions there, dude. Like, and if you can do it, especially now, if the last uh, 48 months of 2020 has taught us anything, it's uh, you can pretty much do a lot of jobs remotely and be really good at it. So Alaska, legit. I recommend it. It was nice. I spent a couple weeks up there. Uh, second question is a what question. What is something that you watched or read or listened to? A book, movie, podcast, anything that you just think the audience would get value from? Something that, that's valuable. Oh, I would say entertaining. I would say Lovecraft Country. What is that? Uh, it's a show that just came out on HBO. It's a little bit of horror, a little bit of fiction, Love a little it. bit of... Uh, talks. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I don't want to say too much. People can hop on YouTube, All watch right. a trailer. It's good. Okay. Lovecraft Country. Last thing, we uh, we like to start now with people. Uh, who is someone the audience should know more about? Wow. It's a hard question because you're asking to narrow it down. It's already like you're picturing people. But I love this question. I love leaving it open-ended too. Who's somebody who that the audience should know more about somebody like yeah you should follow this person or read what they do or listen to them if they have a podcast because now everybody more people have podcasts than don't yeah and I, i've even been thinking about this um lately i don't jimmy i think you got me stumped well, yeah, i um uh, let's just go to people you've already mentioned this show like jared casaza you've mentioned tony you've mentioned well, joe joe ranky yeah what i was gonna say is um I would say for people, especially in like the outpatient setting, I think anything from that Barbell Medicine Rehab crew. Oh, that's um, Barbell Medicine. I think they're. Yeah, I know you're talking about. No, and it, I, I've had them on the show, so I. Feel well, and I'm, well, and I'm a little bit biased because they. Um, that's who's doing my rehab right now. All right, uh, but I would say them for sure. And then I can see the person's face. It's an author, but I can't think of their name, and so that's a problem. Next time you come back, save it. Perfect. We'll have you. That's three questions uh, brought to you by our friends from Arius Medical Staffing. Again, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Last thing we do on the show, Will, is the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by, by from our friends at the uh, Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, leaders in orthopedic physical therapy. I have to type it slowly because they spelled it the fancy way. Orthopedic. Orthopedic. Ooh, the website is orthopt.org. Leaders in orthopedic PT. Current concepts of orthopt. That's like the, the OCS prep course, right? made by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Um, they've got the running athlete because I feel like everybody was like, oh, COVID, I can't do anything. And they either bought a bike or they bought running shoes and jumped back into those. So we're gonna, I think we're going to see a lot of running injuries soon, which is like good, right? Like it, injuries from doing stuff instead of being sedentary. So uh, they've got independent study courses for a lot of those things uh, available now. So find them online at orthopt.org. So, Will, parting shot, your last chance for like a mic drop moment. 
What's the last thing you want to leave with the audience as we wrap up? I, I think people need to save early, save often, and save differently, and to quit worrying about what the person next to them might be doing. Deep. I like it. I'm excited for a Q&A episode because I think a lot of these people, I mean, you highlighted the need for it, which is a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I asked or I should ask, but I don't ask. Let's just do like talk radio and q and I'm, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, I think we could definitely do that. Cool. Let's pre-promote the crap out of it. And uh, let's start 2021 off on a good foot. And let's let's shine a light on the things that you're scared about. Let's 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 lower some anxiety around this thing that we wound up dodging. Um, and let's make it something. Let's make it a something in the win column and not something in the scary column. I would uh, agree with that. Uh, again, that website for uh, well, financialphysio.com. Well, pleasure as always, man. We'll see you again soon. It's great. Thank you. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.